This is Secrets of the Most Productive People, a productivity podcast where we work smarter instead of harder and dissect exactly how to get it all done. I'm Fast Company Deputy Editor Kate Davis. This week, we have a bonus episode from our Productivity Dispatch series, Stories from the New Way We Work. This past June, after the world saw the horrific video of George Floyd being killed, millions took to the streets to protest the continued systematic oppression of black Americans. This tragedy and the activism that followed made individuals examine their own complicity. Families have tough conversations and workplaces reckon with their own culture, policies, and approach to diversity, equity, and inclusion. For a lot of companies, this, sadly, may be the first time they're thinking about how equitable their office is, or at the very least, they hadn't done nearly enough. For many people of color, however, navigating work life is a minefield of microaggressions and ignorance. This was certainly the case for Chantel, who talked to us about her work-life experience. Chantel is a black woman who started her career in finance, but changed career paths about 10 years ago and began working in marketing. This is her story. My first experience in finance was actually in London. And I recall walking in on my first day in, you know, my business suit and, you know, all uh, professional. And someone said, can you do your best Jerry Springer imitation? They had uh, sort of diminished, you know, the me to the re- American reality television and what their interpretation of what a Black woman should look and sound like. Now, imagine I'm standing there, you know, in my professional suit and, you know, ready to learn and take the, you know, the world by storm as this young woman in London, you know, in a, a fantastic experience and opportunity and those were the first words that were uttered to me. You know, hindsight is always twenty twenty, And of course, you know, you've grown and, uh, and I've learned. I cringe at what my response was because my initial response was, you want to be liked, you want to be funny. And, you know, you want to seem like you don't take yourself too seriously. So I did it. It just reminded me of how many times have I, you know, smiled and just grinned and buried it. And subconsciously didn't even realize that that's what I was doing because no one wants to be labeled the angry Black woman. And, you know, I think about that often of, you know, what would have happened if I had said no? And, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, I think it's just a a maturity thing that once you, you learn more and, you know, they say, you know, when you know better, you do better. And I've grown a lot more into myself. So, you know, the first thing is I just had to forgive myself for not even initially registering that that was a problem. I think, you know, the the person that I am right now would have instantly shut that down. But, you know, in, in your youth, you kind of, again, you know, you want to be liked. So you go for it. And I think the fear is that, you know, once you've been characterized as the angry Black woman and difficult to work with, it carries you. It's interesting. I watched uh, something yesterday with Janet Hubbard, the original Aunt Viv, and the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. And in her conversation with Will, 
you know, she talked about their history and they have a very sordid past. And, you know, they both said some very nasty things about each other. But what she said hit home with me. So I had to rewind it three times because she said, the fact that you labeled me as difficult, that is the kiss of death for a Black woman in Hollywood. And I thought that that was so impactful because the truth is it's the kiss of death for any Black woman in any industry. Once you've become labeled difficult, she's too opinionated, she thinks that she's the boss, the file opens. And it becomes every time you have a conflict, even when you're well within your rights to defend your stance and say what you mean and mean what you say, it becomes another tick. You know, another thing that goes into this imaginary file that I think that sometimes we walk around with. But I constantly feel like I have to just check in with myself and see, do I need to dial it back? Am I coming on too strong? Am I not coming on strong enough? And I think I'm just now 10 years in getting to a place where I feel a little bit more comfortable. You know, when we talk about finding my voice and just being a lot more comfortable to speak up, I was in a meeting recently for a pretty large client and we're working with the across, you know, functional brainstorm trying to come up with ideas and a team member that I'm working with, of course, I'm the only black woman in the room and in the, in I say in the room, in the virtual room, and they present an idea that basically they wanted to create a, an escape the room type experience for a project that is rooted in and about the slavery experience in America. And I looked at I looked around like I must be getting punked. I must be in the twilight zone. But immediately I said, absolutely not. I felt in that moment that I would be not just okay with the idea in their minds, but I would be okay with the fact that they didn't think twice about putting this on paper. It, it got me so upset to the point, you know, I'm, I'm even thinking about it now. It shouldn't matter who else was on the call. You should have just known that that was just a bad idea. I just think it speaks to, you know, the power of making sure that other people's voices are amplified and making sure that there is representation in the room across all categories. And, you know, I'm proud to say that in recent years, it's become far less frequent for me to be the only woman or the only person of color in the room. I think that's one part of the battle. The next part is to make sure that everyone feels like they have a seat at the table. Because being in the room and having a seat at the table is still two different things. that's all for this episode. Be sure to subscribe to Secrets of the Most Productive People wherever you listen and help other people find us by leaving us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. 
If you want to share your productivity dispatch, email us at mostproductive at fastcompany.com or tweet us with the hashtag FCMostProductive. Tell us how you're handling the new world of work. Secrets of the Most Productive People is produced by Joshua Christensen. Joshua Christensen.